Big Fluff. You want to have some fun, Kelly? I know exactly where to find it. You entered me in a whipped cream bikini contest? I thought you said you want to get out and have a good time. My idea looks of a good time is not parading around in some dessert topping. It's humiliating and degrading and fattening. Oh, come on. Now, to impress these chicks, you gotta be smoother than ever. No need to sweat, I'm your mentor, I'm clever. The ones at the bar and the ones at the pool. The triplets, Cammy, Sammy, and Tammy from my old high school. But it's cool, cause I rule. Multiple chicks will be landing. Just listen to Brandon, and soon they'll be standing with you. You can leave them all smitten names like Honey and Baby and Bunny and Kitten. You listening? Cause you now are a player. Just stack up the layers on your heart and then savor this flavor of freedom. We gotta date them and leave them. Goodbye, see you later, catch you maybe next season. So you ready now, Eddie? You're a chick sticking missile. So follow my plan and make all the girls whistle. Hey everybody, I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm Andy McIntyre. And this is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we watch maligned movies and we find their silver lining. Uh, and we are wrapping up musician, singer turned actor month uh, with the classic early aughts film from Justin to Kelly. And we have very special guests, the uh, performers in the uh, famed improv show from Justin to Kelly, Justin Peters and Kelly Buttermore. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. <laughs> thanks for having us. Yeah, no, thanks yeah. for doing this. We discovered right before we started that you had never seen the movie, that that was like part of... No, we... Yeah. We used to have a bit where we'd go on stage and just, you know, make a lot about how we were not the movie. And if people had come here to see the movie, <laughs> we were sorry and that we're contractually prohibited from ever seeing the movie. But we've been an improv duo for about 11 years and people stopped caring about this movie right around like the early part of our tenure. So that bit <laughs> never made sense anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this movie, this movie actually does hold at one point held the record for most second week uh, percentage drop off in earnings. <laughs> uh, it had a 77% drop from week one to week two of its release. So I think people stopped caring even before that. It's like they got everybody who was in their target audience in one week and everybody else was like, who, what is this? <laughs> who was their I mean, target audience? Maybe that's a good I think it was American Idol viewers. The other American Idol contestants. Mm -hmm, yeah. <laughs> It was Sanjaya. That was the target audience. Ruben stuttered. <laughs> I am I am very disappointed that this movie wasn't popular enough for us to get from Clay to Ruben as a follow-up. <laughs> <laughs> that would, I mean, or just a shot-for-shot -shot remake, but with Clay Aiken and Ruben stuttered. Yeah. I was watching this. I would love to see someone have this movie be remade today where everyone in this movie is now 40 and just a shot for shot like creepy sort of middle-aged remake of this movie. i would pay to watch that honestly even if it wasn't if it was just a a sequel like if it, they were all playing the same characters but they just decided to return <laughs> to spring break <laughs> like decades later like, it's know. like all right guys Remember that pledge we made that wasn't actually, it was an outtake, but we pledged to return here uh, seven years we are. later. Here we are. Yeah, they had a uh, Wet Hot American Summer-esque uh, deleted scene, and, <laughs> and they actually went to that well. And we see 
little sweet himself, Justin Guarini. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So where where to begin <laughs> with from Justin to Kelly? Was uh, this a I good idea? Oh, yeah. It's not as it wasn't as horrible as I thought it was going to be. Oh, what did you think That's it was going to be? <laughs> what were you expecting? I just thought it was going to be really, really bad. And I, I didn't like, I didn't love it or even like, like it, but I didn't hate it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say, um, Joel and I have watched many, many actually bad movies and a few that are just unfairly maligned. I might put this in the former category of actually bad movies, but compared to say Caddyshack 2, um, that's yeah. been our bar lately as the, the, the sheer bottom mm -hmm. It is better than Caddyshack too. I can, I can say that with confidence. Yes. It's, you know, that was on the poster, you know, better than Caddyshack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was the, uh, AO Scott pull quote for the poster was better than Caddyshack too. <laughs> so here's the thing with the movie, right? It was clearly, um, sort of conceived of written cast, shot, edited, released to films, and dumped in the bargain bins at uh, Hollywood Video, all within the span of six weeks. And they spent like $17 on the movie. Uh, certainly none of that went to the story, which is basically the same as every uh, Hollywood beach blanket movie that I've ever seen or heard of. Um, boy meets girl. Boy gets... Uh, kept away from girl by scheming best friend um nerdy internet guy gets almost punched in the face and gets a horrible sunburn and then they all do a lot of dancing uh at the end and nothing really gets resolved i actually have a play i would actually like to begin at the beginning with this movie um, but that's an excellent <laughs> assessment of this movie justin that's i mean that uh that's saving a lot of people about 82 minutes of their life to <laughs> i mean you forgot stifler character romance is a cop i guess is the only oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah yeah um but in the very opening scene it's kelly clarkson doing what literally she does best which is sing to nobody which you know debatable but then her friends threaten to murder her if she doesn't drive them to spring break she's like well if you don't like the blonde girl's like well if you don't take us i'll kill you and then smash cut to Fort Lauderdale or Miami rather like that's how the movie starts and it's never referenced again. <laughs> Although I think it actually, I, I think it explains why she went when we learn more about the blonde uh, Alexa, who yeah. is <laughs> like a sociopath. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Clinical, yeah. As a sociopath. I liked the fact that they seem to have driven there in a yellow truck. Did anybody catch that? <laughs> yeah. That like they were like, hold that can wait. Let's go to the beach. And we never saw that truck again. Well, and it's walking distance. They park the truck and then just jump right out of the beach. And the sort of like implicit sort of notion there is this was like a straight drive like they had not stopped driving from yeah. the moment that they forced kelly clarkson to stop singing to no one in that bar in texas to the moment they got to uh miami and then they just jump out and immediately start dancing on the beach is <laughs> i admire the efficiency which with they uh dealt with the setup there yeah that's commitment because that's i mean 
anywhere in Texas. I mean, that's a haul to Florida. You're driving through Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi. Like you're driving through a few states and then all the way down to the southern tip of Florida. That's a that's a haul. That's, you know, who I don't remember if they were specific about where they were in Texas, but regardless. I, I have another question for, for the group that I'm thinking about. Like, is it ever like, is it implicit? Forgive me if I miss this. Like, are they in college or did they just go to spring break? Like <laughs> that was never referenced. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Because seemingly like Justin Guarini and his team, they have a business, so they don't seem like they're in college at all. But like, yeah, Kelly Clarkson and her friends, it seems ambiguous. Well, uh, Justin did say at one point that he was throwing this Margarita Madness party and the whipped cream bikini contest to help pay for school. So like the understanding there that I had was that they were definitely in school, though how they had time to put together this like very extensive king of the beach business while also being in college it's beyond me well and it was established that they were in college in pennsylvania that's right it's not like they attended university of miami it's not like they attended you know something down in florida uh no they they were from some they were from pennsylvania they didn't specify what school uh but it's hard to set up your whole business model about planning a brief event in Florida once a year. Um, <laughs> whoever would do something like that is, you know. <laughs> I don't know who would do that. <laughs> Now's a good time as any to mention that Justin and Kelly also produce the Countdown Improv Festival in Tampa, Florida once a year. Uh, but that's not their sole source of income. As they do not seemed. live there. Yeah, and, nor, and, and they don't live there. That's also true. Uh, but it's also, one, not their sole source of income, and two, uh, just very different. It's the improv version of a King of the Beast. That's true. I mean, we've had several highly choreographed dance numbers amongst all of the performers there. And there is a cop who um, likes to uh, bust my balls, too. <laughs> well, there you go. And then you married her. That's right. <laughs> um, I kind of want to talk about the choreography for a second. And it was, I think, most stark in the first dance number. Uh, like 80% of the crowd was doing like the ornate choreo of an American Idol cast member. And then the other like 15% was just kind of dancing. It, was, and it, it stood out to me. Well, if we're going to be honest with ourselves, what stood out to me was that Kelly Clarkson was doing the perfunctory dancing of someone who does not look comfortable with the like Justin Guarini seemed like he had some choreography. Kelly he Clarkson like he could dance a little bit. Yeah. Kelly Clarkson kind of looked like she was going through the motions of choreography with many of the background dancers <laughs> as well. Yeah, but there was just like. But there'd be people like it'd be like one person doing choreo next to two people just kind of grooving that it, it was just it almost it was where's Waldo esque in uh, <laughs> just spotting the people doing choreo and not. And it, that I don't know I feel like you got like if you're going to do a dance number, it's got to be all or nothing. Right. If you're going to have a choreographed dance number. Do you think that the people who weren't actually dancing to the choreography were just already on the beach when the camera started rolling. Oh, like it was and like, they were like, just fill in around the dancers and sort of wiggle. There's a non-zero chance that that's true. Like that's, it's <laughs> cheaper. A, that's plausible. It's cheaper. Yeah. 
While we're talking about the dancing, can I bring up the scene with, I'm looking at Kaya was the other friend who she goes out. She, so her storyline is that she meets a guy who just has a normal, like, you know, uh, a service a work. Yeah. He's a waiter. He's, he works in the service industry. He's not there for spring break. He takes her to a dance club where she seems, she's like, I, I can't get out there. I don't know. And then immediately proceeds to do like expert choreography. <laughs> like absolutely crush salsa dancing. Yeah, that's right. And my, uh, their meet cute was when she got very upset because she, uh, quote unquote, spilled punch on her favorite outfit, which seemed to be a bathing suit. <laughs> yes, yes. Like it seemed like he was trying to get a punch an invisible punch stain out of a bathing suit and mm -hmm. a sarong that's her favorite outfit mm -hmm. yeah it's not made like, to get wet that bathing suit. It's yeah you don't you don't want to get any, anything liquid on that bathing suit top <laughs> it was it was also bizarre their storyline because i i thought like again because as justin you kind of alluded to like it's sort of doing this like paint by numbers thing so like i thought i knew where it was headed but then it seemed like the message was he as the member of the service industry really needed to learn to be more shallow and spend more money that was the lesson he needed to learn yeah it was weird how that ended up it felt like is there a moment of class consciousness in from right. justin to kelly the movie when he was like man some of us live here you're just going to go back to wherever you're from and tell your friends about the guy you picked up so why don't you just go there now and then at the end of the movie he's like it's okay i like the party you were right all along it's like what? you yeah. were right to get me fired from my job that's right she got him fired yes yeah, the that fact really that they had any interaction at all. What's that? The fact that they had any interaction at all after that restaurant like thing. Can you imagine? Yeah. And the weird thing is, I think they have the healthiest relationship of anyone in this movie. <laughs> like, but it also felt like a different movie. Yes. Like that 100%. felt like it was shot completely apart from the rest of the movie. Am I wrong? Yeah. I think it was actually the least realistic part of the movie because if you or anyone has ever worked at a place that um, serves drunk college tourists. Trust me, the last thing you <laughs> want to do is go deep into their world, right? You come to hate them within like the first four hours of your first shift. Oh, if you work anywhere that the predominant clientele is not people from the local area, you grow to despise them quite quickly. Whether it's a whether it's working at a camp, whether it's working at an amusement park, or whatever you know, a resort area, you start to hate the out-of-towners quick. I grew up in a tourist, like, town. And, like, yeah, you hate them. Yeah. You hate them. And so that, yeah, I would agree that that might have been the least plausible. Or the fact that, like, that, uh, was it Alexa? Is that the... The yeah. evil one. Yeah, the one who's not okay. Yeah, She is, well... They make it abundantly clear that she has no problem getting guys. Kelly Clarkson's character has some issues getting guys, but then as soon as she finds out that a guy is interested in Kelly instead of her, she goes scorched earth to try to make sure that doesn't happen. <laughs> What's, so what was really strange to me about that, too, is the other friend, Kaya is aware of this immediately because she's like, yeah, you know how it is. She doesn't want you to have like anyone that you have. She wants. But Kelly Clarkson and Justin Guarini seem constantly surprised by every move that that Alexa makes. Like they they never think like like they take her completely sincerely at every turn 
And she continues to like trick them. And they're like, well, my friend Alexa wouldn't lie to me about this. So you must be the monster. Like, <laughs> right? this, this girl who literally threatened to kill me if I didn't drive her to spring break is the trustworthy one in this dialect. <laughs> Well, I mean, maybe she did know that's like, well, I have to trust her because I think she would actually murder me if I didn't drive. So this, that she's such a sociopath that uh, she has an incapacity to lie because she doesn't understand, you know, niceties of uh, little white lies. So she just. I am. Um, I had a bit going in my head while I was watching that subterfuge. <laughs> the text messages, like <laughs> with all the letters missing, like. You know, I was writing a whole other movie where it was like, what do you think this means? <laughs> it's like, is this... Burr, 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 burr? Is he saying <laughs> Kelly or kill? <laughs> it seems like... Kill burger. What's <laughs> he wants to kill the burgers? <laughs> That's neither here nor there. But. Well, I mean, we all remember the horrors of T9 texting <laughs> once upon a time. Justin had a T9 phone. This Justin Peters had a T9, had a T9 phone up until about 2017. It was up until August 2017, but who's counting? Um, <laughs> I used to get in real sort of, I get real frustrated with Kelly when she would text me like, hi, how's it going? Like, oh, just God. like in, in quick bursts. And I'm like, my phone cannot, I cannot respond this fast. <laughs> One day he was like, do you know how many clicks it takes me to get to an exclamation point? <laughs> 17, literally 17. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, that that all makes sense. Um, yeah, this movie's ridiculous. Everything about it. Can um, I yeah. can I mention something I actually liked about this movie? You get, I I, the, oh, I was just gonna say well, you normally do that at the end, but if you want to do it now, sure. Oh, okay. like, yeah. oh we'll, we'll wait till the end. Let's yeah. wait till the end. Let's yeah. wait till the end. Let's, well, well, we get all the bad vibes out. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll save vibes. it. I'll yeah. it. I, I have some. Or I'll I'll continue with it. I am, I feel bad for Kelly Clarkson because whoever the hairstylist was for her during this, like, she looked terrible. The streaks. She had the, the streaks. streaks. Yeah. Well, the chunky highlights, that was a <laughs> yeah. staple of the early aughts for sure. And then like the weird, like kind like of misshapen buns. buns that, like and... went everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was all of the worst of early aughts hair for sure. As a hair expert, obviously, uh, I'm, I'm one who knows. Um, and... Also, did the did the film like imply that it was going to do like a grease, you know, like she has to become a bad girl thing and then just bail on that? Like, I got that. Yeah, that absolutely happened. Yeah, yes, right. Did. That happened for like three minutes. <laughs> yeah. And then like they lost interest. <laughs> yeah, right around the her getting entered into the bikini, uh, the whipped cream bikini contest. <laughs> Which also, man, if you want to talk about early 2000s, there it really was a golden age for movies where people had whipped cream bikini contests. Like that was super popular at the time for some reason. Like, and I've never heard of it since. Like, it only is an artifact of that specific time period. <laughs> <That's> so true. <laughs> it, it was its moment in the sun. Yeah. Like the they seem to be putting the whipped cream on on top of their actual bathing suits. Is that yeah. how that normally worked? I I didn't go to spring break. Yeah, I don't. It was, it was also I don't so, know. That's what I'd do. But I, is that a thing? It was I so it was much like whipped so cream too. Like, yeah, I, I, my understanding is that like in Varsity Blues, one of the other early aughts classic moments of whipped cream bikini dumb. Mm -hmm. uh, all Allie Larder was wearing was the whipped cream bikini. Yes. It was just whipped cream as far as 
we or as far as we were instructed to believe. And also in not another teen movie, which parodied that scene, Chris Evans also had just whipped cream bikini. So and a banana in his butt and a banana in his butt. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why they had to get a permit for the uh, whipped cream bikini contest. Like that was the uh, was, part they didn't show us. Yeah. Evans ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tiebreaker. Yeah. <laughs> I was shocked that there was a plot point where Kelly Clarkson was like, I can't believe you, Justin. You're the sort of person who goes to a whipped cream bikini contest and runs one. I'm like, you're at spring break. Right. Like literally every person at this beach is the sort of person who wants to watch, participate in, or profit from a whipped cream bikini contest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's what spring break was purported to be anyway. Who knows if it actually was, but that, yeah. Like, weird time to get holier than thou. That's right. Well, and again, in her defense, though, she was forced there by threat of violence. So Okay, that's true. She did not want to go. She wanted to keep singing to nobody except for the one guy obsessed with her. And actually... Who then shows up in the movie to do sort of like a hovercraft race. That was wild. Mm -hmm. Was the implication during that race that Justin's boat wasn't working? I, I'm like, honestly like, not sure. <laughs> I know, like, like there was a whole, whole point where he was like moving, but like it wasn't clear. I don't know. Well, and just like, just the fact that they're like, all right, you all know the rules of hovercraft racing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, no way does that Texas guy know the buckets. rules of hovercraft racing? Also, <laughs> that's why he got hurt. That's why he had to get stitches and go home. Also. Can we talk about the fact that the other the the friend of Justin Guarini is like taking side bets on who's going to win, but he gives Justin two to one odds and the other guy 10 to one odds, which means he's definitely losing money, right? Like no matter. That's not how odds work. Like if there's only two people racing and either way, whoever, whatever side wins, he's paying out more money than they bet. <laughs> right. Like it. Theoretically, Justin Guarini should have been even money as the favorite. Right. Yeah. Like if the other guy you think he's definitely going to lose, then maybe you give him 10 to 1 odds to try to like juice it to get people to bet for him. But like the fact that you're paying out at least double everyone's bet, no matter what happens, seems like a bad business move. Maybe they're not good at business. It was probably there was an probably an even money proposition that the two boats would just explode somewhere in the middle of the water because they were rented from one of those disreputable like beachside boat rental places. Yeah. I mean, I also just like going back to that, like that there was only one way to solve that dispute and it was that complicated thing. Mm-hmm. It was a combination hovercraft race and double dare physical challenge. <laughs> it didn't seem like a double dare physical challenge. What else could you do? Sit down with Justin, Kelly, and Alexa and have an honest conversation about what's happening? I mean, come on. No, you got to have a monster. hovercraft. How dare you suggest such a thing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will say there was a bit of a Chekhov's gun with the hovercraft in that they did tease it. They showed a hovercraft in the first scene, and then there was a hovercraft race that paid off. So, you know, clearly following the classics. It was one of the few things that did pay off in the movie. Do you remember when Justin Guarini and company checked into their crummy motel room? There was an old crusty proprietor who led them in and was like, no noise. 
no drinking and no girls. And I'm like, oh boy, I can't wait to see this guy get frustrated by their antics. Right. And then we never saw him. <laughs> Even when there was a actual like fist fight between uh, the nerd and uh, some big sort of like strong guy like in that room, like that's right. <laughs> yeah. I I didn't love the moment of gay panic between the nerd and that guy as they were leaving. Did you catch that part? Oh yeah, there was a little they were, they were going to like hug because they'd had a deep emotional connection realizing that you know an emotional connection is more important than physical attraction yeah. with their significant others and then they're like no, let's just shake on it cuz it's queer. Um yeah, I think a common thread this month watching uh these uh musician turned actor movies. I think we were four for or th- eh, three for four with gay panic moments. I think Spice World was the one that was free of any gay panic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cause it certainly happened in cradle to grave with DMX. It certainly happened in cool as ice with vanilla ice. And um, I think that was a good time as I need to say, you're welcome that you guys got to watch Justin <laughs> to Kelly. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that's an, an unknown recurring trend in these early, most basically all early aughts movies, which y- you could probably do a case study of gay panic in cinema of the early aughts, and it would be pretty much across the board. And TV, because I've unfortunately been rewatching. Uh, I mean, not unfortunately that I've been rewatching, but I've been rewatching Friends on HBO Max, and like every other episode has some kind of gay panic in Friends, like for sure. So yeah, definitely at the time it was everywhere. Unfortunately, yeah. There was also that moment where uh, Brandon was like, oh, we got these flyers and we got them in the coffee shop. And it's like, oh, no, pretty girls, uh, $10, guys get in for free. And then they're like, no, that's not the sort of party we're going to run. (laughs) And they had to go to the – it's a real sort of – a lot of stuff to unpack in this movie. Which None of it is actually worth unpacking. <laughs> no. Which, also true. But also, yeah, to your point, too, like, that was another moment when they teed that up that I thought they were setting up something of like, OK, so now they're going to have to do something. Either a bunch of guys are going to show up for free and they're going to have to deal with No, just no. That was it. We we're going to talk about the flyers once. And then he's going to go to the wrong location because Alexa tricked him once again. <laughs> and we're not going to talk about the flyers anymore. Can, can can we talk about the moment where Alexa ends up in like the fancy looking martini bar? Like, which I, I don't know if you've ever been to like college beach towns. A, those places don't exist in college beach towns. And B, there's absolutely nothing in the movie up to that point that would indicate that any one of the characters we'd seen thus far would want to go there because you can't wear whipped cream as clothing in that place. <laughs> no. no, no. Justin and I were once in Fort Lauderdale and the only dining establishment we went to while we were there was called Slackers with a Z. At the end of it. <laughs> and Slackers. That's a, that's with no disrespect to Florida, a place where we make our business. Um, there's no place like that place. <laughs> no, it, the Fort Lauderdale does not have a classy, like chicly decorated martini bar. 
Not within walking distance of where they were. Let's just put no, it that way. No. Not, not, you'd have to get back in the truck. Get back in their yellow truck. <laughs> like, if they were in Miami, I mean, there are parts of Miami that are very swanky, to be fair, but not where the college kids go for spring break. <laughs> no, where the college kids go for spring break, it's like, like here's a pail of beer. Like, literally, it's yeah. comes in a pail. <laughs> Yeah, that that's very accurate. So it's just suspension of disbelief gone right from Jump Street in this movie, and yeah, never never came back. Anything else in particular that we want to malign, or should we pivot to the silver linings of this? What did time we think capsule? about the music itself for a film that was made to capture? the excitement around the first competitive reality like music show i thought the songs were super unmemorable and like not toe tappy like they weren't like the saving grace of this movie should have been its music and i found the music just as uh disappointing as everything else well if i mean if if i'm right it doesn't um, American Idol, they tend to do cover songs, right? Like, is it? There's not a lot of original that's music. That's jam. And then they have, yeah. like, for I think for the final, they have them do an original that's like going to be the first single of the yeah, winner. Yeah, a moment like this was right. Kelly Clarkson's right. uh, finale on that season of American Idol. I agree. The music was not good. No, and not memorable. But yeah, I think and it was the two like, times oh. they did covers, they sucked the fun out of two yeah. really fun songs. Yeah, because Vacation by the Go Go's. It's a bop, mm -hmm. the original, and oh, it was yeah. dull as dishwater in this one. And then same thing with uh, a weird remixed, reimagined version of "That's the Way." Uh huh. Oh, uh -huh. I, I like it by Casey and the Sunshine <laughs> Band, that. which was clearly they thought that was like the end of Shrek, <laughs> like that that was going to be <laughs> that the, so long. Yeah, like the the, yeah. the audience is going to be standing and cheering as we end this movie and this giant like dance number that everyone's going to. Yeah, that that felt so long and so unnecessary. Um, have you guys watched Crossroads yet? No. no. We yeah. we decided that Britney's been through enough. Yes, that's fair. That's yeah, fair. but we sincer <laughs> that sincerely fair was the conversation the of, yeah. Like, we did consider it. Yeah. I saw that in the theater and people held up lighters uh, when she's saying, I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. Um, I think it's a bit. Anyway, <laughs> like, yeah, the music was not good. And I honestly fast forwarded a little bit through a couple of the songs because I'm like, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Well, what about the raps? Did you oh fast my God, forward the raps through random <laughs> comedy rap? I mean, that yeah, freestyle rap. I let those go. Which also, um, to be I cut down that rap from the beginning. Yeah, that was like a third of it. <laughs> very long rap. Yeah. I mean, Homeboy dropped bars. Yeah. Let's just put it out there. Oh, man. Um, not necessarily <laughs> fire bars, but... Oh, oh, speaking of fire, I want to go back to something. Can I say, you know when you're getting sunburned. Yeah. yeah. Then when the nerd got sunburned and was shocked when he saw himself in the mirror, like... You know when you are getting a sunburn. Well, also, <laughs> then his sunburn... The hotness of the sun on your... You know it. <laughs> and then as, as someone... 
of Irish, Scottish, and German extraction, I've had a very fraught relationship <laughs> with the sun and sunburn. Yeah, it's never a secret. Yes. <laughs> it's never a shock. But then like, the other thing, too, is then it just disappeared. Like, the next scene, did. he's it not... It really got lighter. <laughs> yeah. Well, he had a lot of aloe at, back at the room. They cut those scenes. I guess. Because the, the cantankerous hotel proprietor didn't say... No aloe. He just said no smoking, drinking, girls, <laughs> fighting, noise. Can I also be clear? About I don't plenty think, of aloe. I don't think his internet girlfriend tried very hard to find him. Like, especially <laughs> that first she had a photo of him and he's playing beach volleyball a foot from where <laughs> she's standing. That's right. <laughs> well, she was blind, right? I, that maybe. was the thing? Yeah. I assume. Yeah, because even then, it's like later when he's having the the heart-to-heart with the guy who thinks that he's sleeping with his girlfriend, it's just that he puts his head down, presumably like for a few seconds that she misses it, and then I guess leaves? Like she does like one scan of the bar and then is out the door. <laughs> it's like, well, the love of my life's not here. Do-do-do-do-do. But then she's you know not... Another- Oh, wait, go ahead. Sorry. I was just she's not upset that she hasn't met him all these other times. There's no need to explain it. Like, it's just, eh, whatever. I met you now. <laughs> there are all these little moments, like, in this movie that are so perplexing. Like, I don't know if anybody else caught this, but the waiter character, when they all went to the club toward the end, and the waiter character came back with all their full <laughs> drinks that he had just paid for on his, like, waiter's salary, and they all just left. Yeah. Yeah. His waiter's salary that was less than the salary he had at the bar that he got fired from because uh, he uh, messed with a uh, spring break girl. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Yeah, well, that's because everyone discovers what a monster Alexa is finally. So they all just leave. But yeah, like there's no... There's no indi- yeah, there's no indication that he and uh, Kaya are going to stay together. And then also, yeah, he has spent so much money just over those <laughs> last few days that like she's going to go back to Texas and he's just bankrupt. Like his life is ruined. Ruined. Because also, if there's one thing I know about college partiers, notoriously bad tippers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, he's not making any money that week. Yeah, he is like he hates that week because he's working probably the hardest week of the year and getting nothing extra for his troubles. Yep. And he got fired because his girlfriend or this girl he just met suggested that he should take a day off during the busiest week of the year. (laughs) (laughs) Like, how dare you manager not give one of your employees a day off during the peak season of when we're our busiest. How can you make him work tonight? It's spring break. (laughs) I mean, not for him, but still. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this movie suffered like many movies of the elderly teenager phenomenon. But like that guy, Carlos, had to have been 40. But again, we were, it's unclear if they're even supposed to be teenagers. They, there's not much talk of college. They could all no. be in their 30s for all we know. Yeah, that's I mean, Kelly, like Kelly Clarkson was, crew. I think, actually one of the only ones that was of age at the time, like around the right age at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, uh, the woman who played Kaya was definitely 30 when that movie uh uh was was shot um yeah it's very strange like (laughs) no one uh felt like they actually uh should have been there um and you can tell because there's very poor chemistry like throughout the entire uh 
movie, no one really, you don't really get the sense that these people are actually like friends. You don't really understand the friendship of why Justin Guarini's crew would like bring the nerd with them. Uh, like why anyone was friends with um, Alexa and uh, Kaya didn't even want to be at spring break. She just wanted to pick up the guy at the restaurant and go dancing at some salsa club in a warehouse. Like, very misbegotten strange trip <laughs> yes yeah it didn't make much sense <laughs> but yeah that's like it was a weird thing because like it's a pretty standard trope to have like the two cool guys and their geeky best friend but like they didn't rag on him enough for it to be like bad nor did they seem to really want to bring him out of his shell either to yeah, there was no she's all that too. Right. So, they they were not there was acknowledging no, him. Yeah, not at all. And no, they not even There was not even like an indication that his nerdiness somehow helped their business or something. Like he's, you know, so no, he was like the, the he financial wasn't even genius. A part of their business. No, he yeah. wasn't even involved. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't even involved in their business. Nope. <laughs> he was just walking around with his fanny pack. Well, you'd think you'd want the smart guy to like run the numbers or like do something, but no, he was not involved at all. Nope. And just the fact that they established that these guys had been doing this for years, potentially, and that they were a known quantity in the spring break party scene. Yet they had no clue about the legal ramifications of, you know, getting permits and doing all the other things to set up their events. (laughs) Yeah, they needed that ever-present cop to remind them of the legality of what they were doing. I find that sort of plausible. When I was a college kid (laughs) running dumb schemes, uh, (laughs) I never would have stopped to uh, even consider that you would need anything other than a poorly spelled flyer and like a fuck ton of whipped cream. Mm -hmm. Um, That's where uh, Justin and I have been good for each other. That's right. (laughs) Justin has the fuck ton of whipped cream and and you have the business savvy. (laughs) (laughs) Shall we pivot? I mean, are we? Yeah. Let's pivot to the silver linings of this. uh, This time capsule of the early aughts. I feel like, Justin, you had one. I don't know if you remember what it was, but you... you... I thought Eddie, the nerd character, was effective comic relief Mm -hmm. for all that he was a trope. Um, he had some funny scenes that made me laugh. Um, I sort of liked the whole ragging on the guy who met a, a girl on the internet uh, thing. That's nothing life-changing, but sort of classic comedic trope. And I actually did like the way that they sort of reversed the classic film thing where whenever you see sort of... Uh, girl wearing glasses in a movie like this you know that at some point she's going to take off the glasses and she'll be like beautiful uh for eddie it was the dumb pith helmet that he was wearing <laughs> like literally everywhere and when he did meet his internet girlfriend he took off like the pith helmet and you're like okay this guy is actually sort of attractive he still has these like nerd glasses on, but he you can see that there's something there. And I thought that was a cool and sort of effective, like the one reversal of like a stereotype. 
uh, that I could detect in this movie. I did enjoy that they immediately started making out too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just just Wasted going no at time. it. <laughs> like the most passionate kiss in the entire film. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like like they were just making out. Like not you know chased kisses. Like they were they were two trout fighting over a piece of corn. I mean they were going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was. I just, I don't know. I, I'll always get a kick out of look at this nerd who uses the internet comedy. It's such a time capsule thing. Oh like, yeah. Well, also just the how ubiquitous using the internet and meeting people on the internet is in 2021 or 2020. You know. Well, and how acceptable that, dating apps are now. So like the right. idea of like a girl off the internet. Like it's, you like a girl you've never met in person. Yeah. What a doofus. <laughs> But yeah, no, but that, but I would agree. Like, I thought that he, I thought I would agree that it was effective, you know, not breaking new ground, but definitely effective comic relief. Yes. Yeah. I liked Kelly Clarkson in this movie too. Like I, I actually did find her charming and she had like a few like scenes of just like kind of blow off scenes, you know, like where like she would kind of like get to be like, just like the slightest amount of attitude, you know, like towards someone else or like personality, which I don't feel like Justin Guarini got to have a personality. So like you at least got some kind of hint of like a, a type of personality that I could recognize in Kelly Clarkson now that they were trying to put in the movie snuck yeah. through at times, like in her reactions and her annoyance with him in particular. Like, I, I don't know. I did enjoy her overall in the movie. Yeah, I do think it's funny that she almost bailed on the entire American Idol contract to not do this movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She that, she hates that. Like, she won't, like, talk about it in interviews. It's she, very like, authentic cries. annoyance she was showing in, yeah. Uh, in yeah. the movie. She doesn't seem to want to be there. Like, But maybe that's what I enjoyed. I would say she was a pro, though. I mean, like, she <laughs> yeah. didn't phone it in. Yeah. And you got to give... And she had no appreciable acting experience. I mean, I'm sure she probably did high school drama in that type of thing, but you know, wasn't, wasn't like she was an actor turned singer turned actor again or anything like that. Whereas I think Justin Greeny actually has some like stage credit to his name before he did American Idol. Well, that's what he does now, right? Like he, and he, he, he does mostly like Broadway work, I think. Yeah. Or, well, maybe not necessarily Broadway, but definitely stage work. And he's a little sweet in the diet, Dr. Pepper commercials. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Uh, so he has two major things going for him. Um, it was dumb. I don't know. I liked that it was, you saw it coming a mile away, but that the cop shows up like off duty at the end to date Brandon. That I, that made me smile. I'm going to say it. I don't care. <laughs> um, <laughs> an abuse of authority, arguably, but <laughs> she was off the clock. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like you, you knew that that's where that storyline was heading, but sometimes like give getting the payoff you want is okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say that this is an example of that. Well, in a movie where you so rarely did get the payoff that you wanted, like <laughs> fair. it was sort of surprising that they didn't just forget that they had a cop character yeah. who is flirting with Brett. <laughs> that she just never showed up again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I did appreciate how unhinged Alexa was 
Like, <laughs> because it's like, you know, you kind of, you expect, like you said, like there's going to be the, the, the miscommunication. It's a very like satire move of like, you know, they're not getting each other's messages, whatever, like it very rom-com move. But like the fact that it's just, she seemingly is doing this for no reason, just to torture her friend who didn't want to be there. Like the absurd cruelty of that, like I kind of appreciate in a movie that's otherwise pretty bland. Like, oh, I, I- I agree with that. And I will also say, unlike Regina George uh, of Mean Girls, like there's no calculus there. No. Like, she doesn't want anything. Why she did what she did. And she said, I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. That was her answer. Some also, people just want to watch the world burn. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> also, as you, Kelly, just beautifully illustrated, that accent is fake. She's not from yeah. Texas. I don't I know don't what her know. backstory is, but that is a very cartoonishly fake Texas accent that she's doing. So I assume that Alexa, like that's part of her grift is just like doing a, an absurd Texas accent. She'll show up in uh, Miami next year uh, doing a completely different accent <laughs> with a completely different group of friends. Yeah. She's actually 43. She, she's been doing it for 20 years. She just picks a new person whose life she's going to ruin at every spring break. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, she's from Vicksburg, Mississippi. Oh. And I do want to point out, because uh, I was at a lacrosse tournament to watch my nephew play over the weekend. There were some teams from the Deep South there. They talk like that. Like it's a st- like it sounds fake and it's very difficult to listen to. But um, it did it did seem like she was putting on like she was like, well, I have a Mississippi accent. I can't do Texas. <laughs> and <laughs> that's crazy talk, y'all. I don't and- know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know, what we haven't talked. This is supposed to be silver lining. So I guess that's OK. We all do it. We'll remember other okay. things that yeah. happen. But that that like storyline, like that thing they brought back like just once, I think, which was the boyfriend. Like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and like he was not convincing. No. You know what I mean? Justin, you remember that guy, the brutish what? guy? The British guy? British, British. like British guy, like the big guy, the bald guy. Oh, yeah, no. Like, there were... <laughs> like, he's like, and I I wasn't on the list, and I hate not being included, or something like that. And I was like, really? And then they do a chase then, scene through the dancing. Yeah. Chased him, and then he stumbled over like a sidewalk display, and then the hot cop wrote him a ticket and then we never saw Blue never saw again. again never, never no, no, no. saw him again no, no, which, never which is weird too because you could argue that like that you could have streamlined things he could have been the same guy that then bonds with the nerd there's no reason that that couldn't have been the same character and then you could have utilized the one guy more like that he's chasing the smooth guy and then also thinks that the nerd is like sleeping with his girlfriend that's right. When the guy who bonds with the nerd burst in, I had to th- think. I'm like, have we seen him before? Yeah, that's right. Am I supposed to like, that guy? Yeah, yeah. Because the the bald guy is more memorable. Like, so yeah, right. I think you really yeah, should merge those characters. Memorable. Yeah, the, yeah, the guy that bonds that. with the nerd was just flitting through the background like Tyler Durden up until that point, and then he showed up. Did you, and... did you catch that part when that guy was leaving? where they made the nerd walk on top of the overturned cart, a uh, cot. Did you see that? Yes. I don't think I caught And like, that. I like to imagine that some director's assistant was like, do this, trust me, it'll be funny. Um, and it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs>
I feel um, like yeah. that exact exchange happened a lot on this movie. Do this. Trust us. It'll be funny. <laughs> and it wasn't. And it wasn't. I would say for me, I don't know, this this movie made my made me re-examine my own relationship to fun in my <laughs> at that age. Cause I am like a New England like uptight person, or at least I was at that point. So doing something like that would never have been something I would ever do in my life. And I wonder, like, did I choose the right path? That's an interesting because I I also never went on spring break. Never. Um, a bunch of my roommates did. And I was like, I don't want to spend the money on that. That doesn't seem like a good use of my time. Um, so I went on spring break my senior year of college to Cape Cod in (laughs) March, where we stayed at our friend's grandmother's house who had just died. Um, and it was very cold and bleak in New England. And it was very much like still like an old woman's house inside um so you know i so very much like this thing yes very and then much how like many with cream bikini contests did you have at <laughs> dead grandma's house <laughs> i mean that's all we wore inside it's the rules it's yeah. like long. <laughs> at, at nana's house you only wear it uh, with cream bikini i'm just that's this right. pitch right here is a movie i would have rather watched than <laughs> <laughs> It's like, all right, guys, we got we got my my nana just passed away. We got her house for the week. There's one rule. (laughs) It's what Nana would have wanted. (laughs) Reminds me when they stuck Walter White in that uh, in Breaking Bad in that house in the middle of nowhere in the snow. What was the only movie he had available? Do you remember Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium? Oh yeah. But yeah, the closest I had to a spring break experience was in high school. I went to Myrtle Beach, but my friends and I, we just played mini golf every day. <laughs> and I loved it. It was great. Um, you know, other kids that we went to school with were doing the party thing and everything. But it's like, we just go play old putt-putt, go to a theme restaurant and call it a day. <laughs> sounds kind of awesome. That does. Yeah, yeah. I, it was great. Yeah. Is there anything else, any other silver linings to this? Well, there's one thing I want to mention. I don't know if it's a silver lining, but I found it sort of a comically efficient way to develop characters in this movie. Do you remember the point where they literally spoke their character traits aloud? Like, it was Kelly Clarkson's gang, and they're like, come on, we all know who we are. (laughs) Kelly, you're the nice one. Kaya, you're the smart one, and Alexa's the party girl. <laughs> it's like, well, great. Now that we've got that sort of settled, no need to um, uh, show instead of tell. Let's just tell and then sort of <laughs> like make this movie shorter. Like, great. Yeah. That saved at least 10 minutes of exposition right there. You know, maybe you're stumbling onto another silver lining, which I did appreciate how short this movie was. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was very astonishingly short. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Very short. Yeah, it's like an hour. Minutes, to, like, yeah. I think that's like just over what's considered feature length. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's a it's a breezy hour and 20 minutes and they're out, like for sure. Yeah. So I did appreciate that. And that's with multiple dance numbers, including it almost seems like they're padding at the end to get to 120 <laughs> minutes. They're like, it won't be a movie unless it's <laughs> over 80 minutes. So we need to we, well, need, we need to stretch to out something. this uh they're filming the that's the way I 
I like it sequence and the director's just doing stretch. Yeah, yeah. Stretch. stretch. <laughs> yeah, it's I was I was happy to see that it was a short movie. Um and because I don't know that I wanted to spend more than 80 minutes with this cast of characters. But 80 minutes was about enough, was about yeah. right. Yeah. I still maintain, I think I said this to you, Andy, when I was like texting you before the show. I think you would have been better served to just take Kelly Clarkson and Justin Guarini fresh off their win, you know, fresh off the finals of American Idol and just put them in an established musical. Do Grease. Like you were kind of hinting at that. Like just do a musical that already exists with them in it. I think would have been a way more successful. Or just like movie. remake a Frankie and Annette beach blanket movie, right. like literally remake it. Yeah. Not just, just yeah. Harken to it. But yeah, the, the original material is really what suffers. And I think for what they were going for. Yeah. You could have just done a remake of an existing property for sure. Like, I, I don't I know. Ask, I gotta ask though. Um, counterfactually, is there a world in which this was good enough so that the postseason American Idol movie actually became a thing. Oh my god! I don't think the concept itself is like mm. a, necessarily a bad one. I no. just think this movie sucks so hard that they're like, well, you know, we tried it, it didn't work. We're never doing this again. I would have loved that, honestly. Like if that was like part of the contract, yeah, that they just had to do a movie. If you're telling me there's a timeline where Clay Aiken and Ruben Stutter do a buddy cop musical i'm here for it yeah absolutely there's a timeline in which that happened i'm sort of pissed that this movie bombed so badly that we didn't see that or we didn't see the uh taylor hicks uh catherine mcphee (laughs) exactly i actually went on to have a reasonably successful acting career i want to see the the like because like remember and maybe this is still the case. If this is American, American Idol is still on, is it not? Or it just came back from? I think it's on, and it's on like a different network. It's on now. Like a different network. Okay, yeah. so like remember that the big prize at the end was a recording contract for the person that won. That's enough. Mm-hmm. Like, what lawyer was like? We got to write this movie clause, this complicated movie clause into this. <laughs> like they, they wanted to print money on. I mean, I I think they really yeah. thought that this movie would. This was still right in the early stage of reality TV. And remember when they was a put, phenomenon. It was. And they put the girl from the first season of Survivor into a Rob Schneider movie. Oh, remember? Colleen. Like it was called The Animal. Colleen yes. was in they she was they still thought this was what you did with these people. You took them and you put them into standard paths of Hollywood success. And this movie was just really, really bad and shot cheaply and quickly, and they gave up on the concept. But man, I sort of wish they had tried a little bit harder, and uh, we could have seen where this went. But Hollywood, if you're listening, we will write a treatment for a Clay Aiken, Ruben Stuttered buddy cop movie. One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think people. I think there's an audience for that movie. I think people want to see it. I think. I, I think just want to know where was Brian Dunkelman. That's oh. a great question. <gasps> oh, because he was um, still. Well, I yeah. actually thought where where was Simon? Where were the judges? Yeah, where like, was why, why, yeah, you missed, Simon? Yeah, you missed a all. chance for Simon to be the cantankerous like yes. hotel owner. Well, or <laughs> like, like, duel to be the cop. 
Well, also, I think they over well underthought the kind. Con- I don't know. They didn't think about the concept of like, what if Kelly Clarkson and Justin Guarini both came to South Florida for like a singing competition during spring break, or like, why yeah. was there not like leaning into what we knew about them in advance, and then you could have had the judges be the judges, like just lean into it. Why not essentially do American Idol the movie for yeah. lack of yeah. a better word? Yeah, I think. Right. Yeah. And then you could have had and other the Ruben Sutter Clay and Buddy Cop movies. <laughs> yeah, where the that's yeah, yeah, they're definitely like they have to solve a case. I All think right. we're cops, but we sing. <laughs> yeah, has anyone ever? They should do that. They I should. Get, yeah, a, a cop musical. I don't see how that could like, fail. What if cops were to rock. What if there was something? <laughs> I think that sounds like rock. I can't. Yeah. What a miss. genius idea. That yeah. could never fail. They'd never make that. <laughs> definitely never for our listeners that aren't more aware they they tried and it was as great as you could imagine go to youtube right now and search for it what is that guy that's like the baby merchant that's the clip that i've seen from that movie (laughs) it's like selling babies on the black market and singing anyway uh i think we did it i think we found some silver linings in this movie yeah um i feel like we should check in with so now that you've seen this movie has it changed has it changed your lives? Has it changed your improv? Like, is it you're gonna have to rethink the name? Like, well, I'll tell you, I'm married to a woman named Alexa. Uh, <laughs> which... <laughs> so every time going forward now that uh, like I've got a conflict with my wife and cannot meet up with Kelly to work on something, I know part of me is going to be like, oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> Yet again, Alexa's trying to come between Justin and Kelly. Yeah. 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 Kelly's not getting those texts. I hate to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> From your T9 phone with many, way too many letters way missing. Way too many to letters missing. <laughs> oh, man. No, that's um, great. No, I feel at peace with it. You know, I feel like it was, it was time to see it. The bit wasn't funny that we hadn't seen it. And, you know, as we think about going back onto the live stage again, maybe this changes our intro. You know, yeah. the fact that we've seen it, the fact that we've internalized its lessons. Um, I don't know. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's an interesting question that that now that you've seen from Justin to Kelly is. Is your improv show going to be. Maybe we'll see it on. Maybe the next time I see you guys perform, I'll I'll be like, oh, now I get. You can clearly delineate the before and after. <laughs> right, it's going to be a vastly different show, and it's going to be all whipped cream bikinis and, yeah, and like uh, the indifferent yeah, choreography. <laughs> what a tagline for a show! It's, it's Justin often says we should sing, we should sing, we should sing in our shows. And then I thought to myself, as I watched the movie, what if this is what he meant? <laughs> I think what whatever... I mean is that I should rap and then show my butt to the camera. Yeah, yeah. That's... that is a $75 ticket. Yeah, that is, that is, that is that'll cost you $75 exact dollars. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of all of that, uh, is there a way, what's the best way for people to, to follow you, to, to find out about those upcoming shows? Like where, where should they be keeping track of you? Uh, from Justin to Kelly.org, the movie So, you know, we are <laughs> .org. Uh, we're on Facebook at from Justin to Kelly comedy on Instagram. The movie has at, from Justin to Kelly. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. We got to add a lot of stuff on uh, Instagram at FJTK Improv, Patreon at patreon.com slash FJTK. Um, and if you are in Florida and want uh, sort of late summer uh, flings somewhere near a beach, uh, come to the Countdown Improv Festival, uh, September 8th through 11th, uh, countdownimprovfestival.com. How are you guys there doing you with those search engine like results? Like if someone types from Justin to Kelly, how how do you do? Like now I'm curious. I mean, movie still has greater sort of cultural penetration than we do, which is a bit of a sore spot. We think we you know, have more artistic integrity than uh, that <laughs> film. Uh, but neither of us were on American Idol, so you know, we know our we know our places. Well, maybe this will trick. Maybe this is far down the list. Maybe this will help the algorithm because now you're tied to the movie in some way. So, like, your right. names and the movie are linked, and then maybe that'll push more traffic towards the website. We've, we've often thought about selling our t shirts on eBay that just say from Justin to Kelly, like, <laughs> and trying to sell them to people who think they're t shirts from the movie and have never even heard of us. Um, we should still try that. Yeah. Kelly. I think and I don't think that's on broad either. I think that's legit. Like, I don't, I think that, yeah. I don't think that's conning your audience. Yeah. No, and I mean, if you, yeah. if you haven't gotten a cease and desist by now, yeah, I'm sure you're fine. <laughs> I kind of wish we would. Yeah, no, I was definitely <laughs> fine. Yeah. Well, and I, I feel also the other thing you talk about our show, we feel like Justin Guarini would not be a hard get. Yeah. Like, you, sh- you should get him. Yeah. To be part of our show. Well, you can do like from I mean, Justin. If you're, if you're listening, Justin, please contact us. Um, we're not going to make you do anything you want to do. Unlike your jerk friends in that movie. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, our show is even shorter than your movie. We can get you in and out of there in a robust 20 minutes. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> What's a whole extra hour you have to yourself. That's right. All right. Well, well, thank you so much for doing this. This was so much fun. Um, and yeah, let me know when the t-shirts are up. I'll go ahead and put me down. Uh, <laughs> I'll be the top bidder. I'll snipe. I'll snipe Joel at the last minute. Is there only one shirt? We're, we're fighting over one single shirt. That's right. The last shirt. That's right. <laughs> Silver Linings Playback is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. Hey guys, it's Sean. And Carter. From Potato. Salad. Marmalade. Aid. 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 Potato Salad Marmalade. Another podcast here on the Peak Sloth Network. Check it out.